0: Welcome to KPFK 90.7. Uh, uh, today, this is Swana. Today, we are going to review the, the year 2021, and with me is my colleague uh, Nima. Nima, are you there?
1: Yes, I'm here and Happy New Year to all our listeners and wishing 2022 we roll in with peace and prosperity, maybe a little bit of normalization and less and less COVID, Hamoud. Yeah. I'm uh, glad uh, that we are doing this show. We are uh, uh, sort of going to wrap up 2021 and uh, forget about it, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. And uh, we look uh, ahead for 2022 and the years to come, right?
1: Well, the, definitely, we want uh, we want this to be a, a more peaceful year. We don't want any wars. We don't want any trouble. And uh, and uh, hopefully, uh, when we look at our region, we'll have some good news in the Suwana region for the 2022. Now, uh, as always, uh, we ask our listeners to don't forget to support KPFK. Don't forget to support Suwana region radio or any other Programs that you wish or like, and uh, please, please keep the lights on, right, Hamud?
0: Yeah, I, I agree 100, and and that's uh, very, very important for uh, for for, for uh, freedom of speech, for truth, and all the wonderful things that uh, KPFK and the Swana region has been known for. Uh, get us to the program, uh, Nima, if I may.
1: Well, this. Uh, Today's program, uh, we are going to look at uh, reviewing the 2021 and look ahead and how we expect 2022 will be. And uh, first, we're going to focus on Afghanistan and talk about Yemen. And of course, we have to talk about Northern Africa. Now, uh, uh, before we do that, but uh, first, this is something that you and I have been talking about a little bit. It's COVID and some uh, uh, hesitation on the part of some people, of course, here in the U.S. as well as all over the world. And we want to talk about uh, the vaccine rates and the COVID spread, etc. Now, Hamoud, I believe you have some numbers for
0: us. Tell yes, us yes, I do. Tell so us they- about it. Yeah, let me throw you some of the numbers. Uh, the, uh, uh, for example, uh, today, fifty-eight point three percent of the world population has received at least one dose of COVID nineteen. Uh, the uh, there are about nine point two billion doses administered qu- uh, globally, but here is the shocker. Only 8.5% of the people living in low-income countries have received at least one dose. When you look at the numbers, uh, certainly and particularly Africa, which came to uh, uh, be highlighted uh, with the latest variant, the, n- the numbers there for vaccinated are in some countries, uh, in most countries, uh, below 20%. Per- uh, South Africa, for example, has uh, is above uh, 20%, at 2637 of fully v- vaccinated. But the rest of the countries, uh, Mozambique, for example, is 189 Moroccans, uh, Mauritania, close to our one of our uh, countries. Uh, uh uh, the countries that we cover uh, has 16 only 16% uh, ghana uh, 7% uh, 36 of the entire pop- vaccinated of the entire population and ha- here another numbers uganda less than 3% of the people fully vaccinated and chad is 0. 0.48 this is astonishing it is shocking, it's it's shocking. Really shocking. And, and a reason for it is this maldistribution, distribution or or the it's a reflection of the uh, uh, of the division of power in global politics the The united states and the western worlds uh, have have ignored Africa and looked at their own uh, uh, sort of uh, geographical areas and territories and have not uh, done much uh, to uh, help uh, the african countries and and I said help because uh, the united states has the monopoly of the copyright Uh, Pfizer and and other companies, the same thing. So they 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 uh, they held. uh, You know, it says finally gave the permit uh, to allow uh, for uh, COVID-19 vaccines to be produced in third world countries, including India. Uh, But uh, it is a reflection of the division of power in international politics. And 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 you, uh, you and I talk about the hesitancy. What what do you think is this hesitancy is attributed to, uh, uh, Neil?
1: Well, I mean, uh, let let me just say that there's so much for benevolence of uh, yeah. <laughs> the rich.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, this this just goes to show you, uh, without uh, a uh, an organization and uh, some kind of world uh, body that pushes and tells us that, hey we need to help the poorer countries. Otherwise we're not going to get over this. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, uh, COVID is going to be with us, yeah. but uh, you know, you know what, what I was uh, interested in is that, um, uh, although, uh, we wouldn't consider some of these countries poor, mm-hmm. uh, why wouldn't, uh, People want to get vaccinated. This, this is uh, still uh, considered a, as a conspiracy by, by a lot of people here in our own U.S.
0: It, it, it's so uh, true. And, 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 and when you look at, for example... What is the
1: case in, in, in Swana uh, region?
0: Well, it varies. Uh, for example, if you were to take uh, 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 the countries of the Arab world, uh, the Gulf countries fares ve- fare very well. Uh, you have uh, UAE, for example, has 99% uh, uh, of uh, uh, people uh, who have uh, wa- vaccinated or have, have uh, one dose. Uh, Saudi Arabia at 71%. Uh, you have Morocco at 66%. So the numbers are very high. But again, when you look at Egypt, Libya, Algeria, these are the, 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 those countries are, are very low. Uh, the same thing you talked about, the uh, India, Iran. Uh, Iran, for example, is at uh, 60% uh, fully vaccinated and 70% partially vaccinated, meaning one dose. Uh, Turkey is at 67%. So the number really reflects, uh, they are high in certain areas and, and, and low in certain geographical areas. And, and it's... Yeah,
1: interested s- in Syria. How is Syria faring on this? On Syria this is...
0: Of course, a civil war. 6.5% of people have at least one dose. You know, what's very interesting is also when you look at a country in Algeria with 16% only have in one dose and then iraq twenty one percent one dose libya twenty seven percent what's very interesting about there is a size of the population that plays in here uh, larger populations have you know may, may have a lower rate or something given the doses but there is also uh, a sense uh, that uh, uh, the western uh, world vaccinations uh, 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 are sort of favored or vac- uh, vaccines are favored to the Chinese or the Russian. So in, 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 in some countries, uh, with, uh, that plays into it as well. Uh, so, so it's very, very, very interesting. Uh, it's lower. Uh, the total number of people vaccinated tend to be lower in low income uh, for several reasons. But hesitancy is also one of them. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, thanks for, that, uh, for those numbers. Very intriguing. Uh, Hamoud, mm. let, let's move to U.S. foreign policy. I'm going to start with Afghanistan. Mm. Uh, uh, President Biden's decision to withdraw from Afghanistan, to put it nicely, was catastrophic. Mm. More so when it came into contrast with his calls for global cooperation, etc. You know, this is month into it now. Mm-hmm. That decision has affected Afghanistan pretty bad. I don't even want to talk about the COVID rates there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, let's not even touch that subject. Yeah. But uh, how does the Swana region view the Biden administration's when it comes to Afghanistan? I mean, what what has it done? Uh, you know, for for the perception in the region for what Biden did in Afghanistan.
0: It certainly uh, reminded uh, the region uh, that uh, the United States' uh, foreign policy is designed specifically to serve its own national interest. What's intriguing about Joe Biden's foreign policy is that he came sort of as an anti-Trump. He wanted cooperation. He wanted to deal with issues of the region, even though he left out a lot of issues uh, uh, like Yemen or uh, uh, the Palestinian issue, uh, not discussing it in details. But there was some hope uh, that uh, the era of uh, Trump is gone, and with it, uh, there is this new person who Wants to resolve the problems of the of the region, the the way uh, Biden's withdraw from Afghanistan sent a signal uh, that they are on their own, and in fact, when you look at it now, months later, you see that a move in the region to look for other partners, and, and of course, the biggest benefactors have been the Chinese, and to a large and to a degree, the Russians, and along with other European partners. So the United States lost its last credibility and and frankly some uh, uh, scholars and experts uh, uh, start to think of uh, uh, that Trump was better for the region uh, than uh, uh, than what was uh, waiting for them what they have seen of Joe Biden uh, specifically uh, they, they 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 appreciated the frankness even though the lack of diplomacy that uh, Trump had in addressing the issues and establishing normalization uh, between Arabs and Israelis all those were sort of uh, seen as uh, uh, frank uh, transparent even though the style uh, was lacking all of that stuff Uh, and and in a sense uh, it reminded them it reminded the region also of uh, 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 the former president Barack Obama who talked a lot of talk uh, did a lot of talking about the Middle East but didn't come through or didn't come up or live up to the expectation basically addressing the palestinian issue addressing the uh, the the swana region issues so it's it's been a disappointing disappointment and a disappointment that led countries to look elsewhere uh, for partnerships
1: interesting let's let's stay with afghanistan now hamoud and you know the year 2021 ended with hopeful signs that uh, afghanistan with the comments made by an international community to help Afghanistan to overcome its accurate humanitarian and economic, you know, crisis, you know, the starvation and, and everything, uh, lack of medicine, etc. Um, now international donors agreed to transfer $280 million from that, uh, UN frozen funds, uh, to provide urgent humanitarian assistance, uh, What do you think about 2022? Will will that situation uh, get resolved? Will, Will the Taliban be able to convince the international community?
0: I, I, I think what we've seen is sort of uh, we're still waiting uh, for what the Taliban will do, and particularly the Western world is very much interested in issues of what they call uh, uh, personal freedoms, or free, or uh, in particular, uh, let's come sending how they they address the women's issues, whether in education or in jobs or else or, or any uh, facet of Afghan life, and that seems to be the determinant factor uh, that will drive the Western countries uh, to get, uh, that will help or, or that will dictate how the, uh, the Taliban will be viewed. Uh, now uh, the humanitarian issue uh, and the pledges, a lot of time the, the pledges uh, are given uh, uh, to serve a public relations uh, sort of interest uh, so the, the countries and particularly the United States is notorious for this they would say we pledge this but then when it comes to the reality they don't come through with the pledges or until uh, months later uh, they, they usually don't come uh, uh, as, as, as one would expect them in other words there is an issue there that we have to be uh, uh, cautious about uh, the humanitarian aid uh, may come uh, may go to Afghanistan and will assist the Afghan but not to the degree that is needed or to meet the needs of the, uh, of the Afghan population. The underlying premise is that somehow, somewhere there, uh, the Western world is looking at, at Afghanistan uh, from the perspective that uh, if they starve, and we've seen this with all the sanctions, we've seen this in in, in Iraq, we've seen this in, in what's happening in Iran, that if you starve the population by imposing sanctions, heavy sanctions, those, uh, the, the people would revolt. Against the regime and change it. So the idea is that behind all this humanitarian case, there is also this agenda of the of the United States and other Western countries that if uh, we're going to help the Afghan uh, the Afghan people to the extent that uh, will uh, keep our interests and, and pressure on the government uh, to change, to reverse and to change the government and so on and so forth. So in in, in many ways, it's not. Genuine. It's not looking at the needs of the Afghan people. Now, what's happening with with Afghanistan is that they are looking also with partners, uh, particularly uh, looking up, uh, looking for assistance from China, which has come in that perspective, looking at Iran, other countries, and so they are do they are taking approaches uh, uh, that uh, that are uh, uh, seen as helping (laughs) helping them uh, stay in power or fulfill the needs of the population. But for now, I, I think 2022 will be di- difficult, uh, will be also a difficult year of the, the Afghan, particularly if the, uh, uh, this whole discussion about uh, are we gonna condition the aid to Afghanistan based on, uh, on the type of government and policies they will do. Maybe this is legitimate, genuine, whatever it is, but it's certainly in the end, the losers are the Afghan people.
1: Unfortunately, that's the case yeah. uh, at this time, and uh, we're well, just hoping for something
0: <laughs> yeah. better yes.
1: for the Afghan people, the Afghan population. Now, yeah. let's let's to uh, let, let's let's move to Yemen for a minute there, uh, because I, we still want to talk about Northern Africa. There's a lot going there. Now, yeah, the it's... Houthis, uh, who are in control of the capital Sana and major parts of Yemen's northern regions, have called. On the Saudi-led coalition, uh, you know, that's backing the Yemeni government to agree to a dialogue that should take place uh, under the auspices of UN and, uh, and, and, of course, with international partners. They stated that such a dialogue, which they conditioned with a total lifting of the siege that's imposed on Yemen and with the withdrawal of foreign troops as well would pave the way for a ceasefire and uh this would pave the way for some kind of uh, mechanical mechanism that uh uh, that 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 might have a political and a peaceful solution to end the conflict uh how did the saudis uh react to this
0: so what's very, very interesting, this call was about two or three weeks ago, and it's also, it follows several attempts at, at bringing the ceasefire, you know, the uh, United Arab Emirates, the UAE forces have with, uh, have sort of uh, taken a different stand of the Yemeni conflict. We also have seen uh, last year uh, uh, the, uh, the United States uh, lifting uh, the, Houthi character, uh, the Houthi identification as a terrorist organization uh, from the, the State Department list of terrorist organizations Uh, we've seen an attempt uh, uh, to uh, reach a dialogue or establish certain kind of dialogue but what's on the ground is that uh, there is still uh, you know speaking of starvation a humanitarian crisis uh, uh, that has reached uh, beyond uh, uh, our imagination in fact to uh, to a degree where this administration, the American administration, uh, Joe Biden, has recognized that as a, as, a, as a disaster and a catastrophic, and they wanted to do, and they urged the world to do something about it. So, humanitarian crisis is still there. And then the war is still there. And it, 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 the Houthi have uh, the majority of the territory. So, when they made this call, their intent was to bring a solution uh, through the United Nations and lifting the sanctions that are hurting the, the, the Yemenis uh, and, and despite however you want to uh, uh, argue that perspective. The fact is uh, the United Nations envoy is still missing in, in, in Yemen. Uh, we don't have one and we, we have not seen any active action from the United Nations. We have seen uh, uh United States stating uh, that uh, it will it will not support uh, uh, saudi arabia to have uh, offensive weapons but it, its weapons will all be directed at defensive but the, but the uh, the saudis have been very very clever in reaching out to the chinese the united states is, is upset that there is what we call a secret deal between the uh, the, 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 uh, the chinese and, the, and and the saudis the saudis are also reaching out to other partners uh, they open their 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 discuss their you know they're looking for other money to get weapons and they they also there are reports that they have also reached out to the Israelis this reports about Israel rapprochement with Saudi Arabia have to be taken with a grain of salt this doesn't mean that they are not they, they are not there but they do but we have to sort of uh, uh, find evidence for that the uh, so the Houthis uh, the, the, the Saudis have been, have been sort of uh, uh, have changed their perception uh, from uh, by ignoring, uh, let me back up a little bit, they have ignored the call, and you really don't find a lot of uh, discussion about it on any uh, Arabic press. The uh, reason for it is that the Arabic press is also controlled by you know, certain countries, certain leaders who have uh, connections to the Yemen, so the press doesn't talk about it that much. But what the Saudis have done is escalated the conflict and have bombarded areas uh, in and the port of Sana'a in an attempt uh, 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 to uh, take control. And there are, the strategy is that if they, if, they, if they launch an offensive war against the Houthid, they, they will force them to negotiate. So the idea is we shifted from a call to de-escalate, uh, led by the Houthid, to an, uh, uh, an escalation. And this uh, led by 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 uh, Saudi Arabia, so so we are uh, seeing an increase in in civil casualties, an increase in uh, humanitarian crisis, as always, and a possible solution to the conflict has to come uh, uh, sooner than later. Now the Arab League.
1: Yeah, let's, let's not let's not forget the starvation and and, and the, the famine that's going on.
0: Yeah. No. And the,
1: yeah. Now, Hamoud, let, let, let's uh, finally yeah. let's let's look at uh, look at Northern Africa. Yeah. I want your assessment. But one of the questions that I had, uh, we uh, received the uh, notes, or maybe I could call it a criticism, why we are calling it Western Sahara. You
0: have maybe to you go there.
1: Sahrawis or Polisario movements. Uh, Tell us
0: about this. Uh <laughs> so let's get that out of the way. So Western Sahara, we 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 have in, I believe a show coming up. So Western Sahara, this is a region, a disputed region uh, that was under control of Spain until 1975. In 1975, this, Spain and very briefly decided to leave the country without putting a plan uh, to uh, uh, to the population that live in that area. There are uh, today there are about seven hundred thousand Sahrawis live there. And, and you know the numbers so in 75 because Spain decided to, to leave without putting a plane in perspective and basically following the United Africa which uh, uh, organization which specifically state uh, that uh, states when they become under colonial uh, colonial uh, colonialism would uh, or territories under colonialism can form their own territories afterwards in other words uh, Morocco said you know this is my territory Mauritania from the south This is said, this is mine. The Algerians said, you know, let's have a, uh, a, a referendum. Let's ask the Sahrawi what they say. And that created a conflict that exists until today. So today, Morocco decided to uh, uh, pursue its, fl- uh, its plan. It, it, it led a march, a green march, they call it, uh, for a million people uh, uh, drove, uh, walked to or drove uh, uh, or marched to the Western Sahara, claiming, it's Morocco's, and since then, Morocco has imposed its uh, status quo. So we call it Western Sahara because that's how it's designated uh, in geographical books and how the, the region is known. Uh, Morocco doesn't want to call it Western Sahara because they, they say this is their own territory. So it's a huge uh, conflict, and that's the reason why we yes. have that.
1: I believe they call it the southern region. That's, that's something that has occurred I can relate to.
0: <laughs> stay tuned. Uh, stay tuned for the program. We will clarify all of that. That's a tease, Yeah. So well,
1: tell, tell us about. Uh, tell us what's going on there. So uh, you only have about uh, four or five minutes, and uh, sure. I, mean, uh, I wanted to uh, so re- look at the developments and the 2021.
0: So this is the region. I believe this is the region that we have to follow in 2022 for a number of reasons. One is the militarization of the of the region. There is a huge conflict, even though it's really been uh, sort of under uh, the, the green light. We've been watching it very closely. Uh, the United States has uh, 10 military bases in the area, or supposed uh, they call permanent pl- uh, bases. Uh, that's in Tunisia, in, in Libya, in Mali, Niger. So, so they are all surrounding uh, the, in, in the area. It has a huge military uh, relationship with Morocco. In fact, the entire Moroccan uh, 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 military is sponsored by the, the the Americans. They have about five billion dollars in, in budget uh, that is sort of waiting uh, to be uh, uh, in purchases uh, uh, from the United States. So you have some serious businesses there where the United States is very very involved in the area. But then and you look at Algeria Algeria has a reliance and military on the Russians it has built strong relationship on uh, with uh, with China Add to that, uh, the Moroccan's uh, normalization with Israel has has produced a military pact and uh, exchange of, of intelligence. The Israelis are now selling drones, at certain reports, to uh, to Morocco. So you have their uh, situation, a volatile si- situation, and the Israelis have come are on record for uh, w- basically telling Algeria from Morocco uh, uh, to uh, uh, stop supporting Iran. Then. Next to, the, uh, to that, you have a huge conflict in Libya. Uh, Libya was supposed to have elections in December, but they were postponed because of disagreement. Uh, you have uh, you have uh, uh, the turkeys uh, the Turks are involved there. The, uh, the Russians are involved there. The Emiratis I, I, the the presence of foreigners in, uh, including mercenaries, is, is is huge huge problems. If you go, f- uh, if you return to Tunisia, Tunisia is going through a major constitutional crisis, uh, and uh, Tunisia has been uh, a strong partner. In the United States, it gets about, uh, you know, uh, over uh, five hundred million dollars in, in in soft money, in, other, in, uh, in 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 money that is designated uh, to preserve the uh, uh, the the, uh, uh, the uh, you know the civil- to to, uh, to develop uh, a civilian society uh, at, the, at the against the. The Islamists. so we are in a very very dangerous situation and I think we 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 are coming down to our uh, few minutes uh, uh, of this program I mean
1: Tunisia was supposed to be the poster child of the one minute and and it hasn't uh, done much uh, as far as uh, moving towards democracy I suppose yeah Uh, but that's something we have to uh, look at at a future date but uh, let, let me get this promise from you, Hamoud. We, mm. we 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 haven't really covered the rest of the Swana region. Yep. Uh, of course, uh, we have to look at Afghanistan. We have to look at Iran. Uh, we have to Look at Pakistan, India. Turkey, Syria, the Kurdish issues, and in, uh, in Iraq and uh, the the rest of the region. But uh, we'll have another show uh, for our listeners shortly. Um, so. If if you could tell us uh, really briefly uh, your uh, assessment of the situation in Libya, will this uh, conflict in Libya uh, prolong the civil war, or do you have any
0: hopes? I think we came to, our, to the end of our program, my friend Nima. But uh, Libya is a country we we'll have to watch. I, I think we are we are not going to we are going to see attempts at resuming the uh, uh, the plan to draw a, a map uh, for elections. Uh, but it's a, voli- a volatile situation, and, and I think. Well, that's, thanks
1: for that, Hamoud, and uh, thanks to our listeners and thanks to our engineer. Yalt for uh, helping us today, and uh, please stay tuned for Reggae Central coming up next. And again, tune into our show next week if you want to hear about the rest of the Swana region. Thank you, Nima. Thank you, Hamlet.